2: Hello and welcome to Second Opinion with me, Dr Christian. This is your oral clinic for every philosophical ailment you might have. For some reason known only to lawyers, I have to make it clear that if you feel unwell, you should seek medical help either by using the NHS 111 helpline, consulting your GP or visiting your nearest hospital. The opinions expressed in this podcast are obviously my own and those of my guests, and you know it wouldn't be second opinion without my second opinion. The wonderful Alex Stanger, Alex, how are you? I'm very well. Done did this. you eat breakfast this morning? I
1: did. I love good. the way that you got oral in there just right at the top because wow. of, of what we're talking about today. There's a reason for yeah, that. Yeah, I isn't loved there? it. You know, there's oh, a but, but
2: actually, okay, you're going to hate me for this. Mm-hmm. It's oral, not oh, oral.
1: Okay. Well, I've never been asked that.
2: Do you know what the difference
1: is? (laughs) Yeah, go on. What? No, I don't. if,
2: if you're into oral sex, you like sticking it in your ear.
1: Oh, right, okay. Do you like that? No, not really. Into
2: oral sex or oral sex? Okay, let's just drop it. Move on. And, of course, it wouldn't be second opinion without an extra special guest in the studio. Today, we're delighted to welcome into our bosom of broadcasting our... Little comfortable pod of podcasts. A lady you'll have seen regularly on ITV's this morning. It's psychologist Emma Kenny Emma, welcome.
3: Oh, thank you for that introduction.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad. It
3: was really going <laughs> for, for a it moment. There. People will like have been a thinking, marathon. is it about dentists <laughs> at the beginning of this one? But now we've had that clarified, it's not about oral hygiene. Like a
2: marathon intro, wasn't it? I thought.
3: Um, today. You know what? If you hadn't
2: guessed it from my oral, oral comment, um, we're talking everyone's favourite subject—or oh, not possibly—it's sex. Like sex?
1: Oh my God! Honestly, please. I'm. Not, I just. I'm not You're prepared doing a Harry for this. Met Sally. I You're really doing oh am doing. God. I'm doing that moment. Of course. Surely everybody likes a bit. A bit of sex. I don't know. Surely. I don't know. Oh, come along. I've got got three children I obviously it's happened at some point oh
2: you just couldn't say no I mean it's
1: you know (laughs) right don't don't look at me look at Emma alright ask Emma the questions this is why she's here I like a lot of sex put it on them. I'm clearly okay with
3: saying that I think (laughs) more sex please for most people would be better yes it would actually yeah anyway
2: Emma do you think the no sex please we're British thing is true
3: I think that we're only recently starting to challenge it if I'm honest look we've always had sex everybody loves sex that's why we've had brothels since day one because you know when we're not getting it we want it and we'll find it I think there's something really excellent about the liberalism of today I think there's been a huge sexual revolution which I am very blessed to have been involved with because I think we recognize that sexuality per se is so distinct from what we knew it used to be and yeah I think right now is a great time to be alive as a Brit because we're realizing that it's less no sex please we're British and Can we have, please, some more sex because we're British? And I think that's the way we should go.
2: Except we're about to have our sexual titillations clamped down by our ever-watchful government. Mm. um,
1: Oh, this is nuts. Aren't we? It's absolutely nuts. I'm talking
2: sort of all these, you have to sign up if you want to watch a bit of porn. Yeah.
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest. I know that there's some understanding about the regulation. I appreciate that pornographic material potentially needs regulation. There are things I don't like about the porn industry, I'll be the first and foremost to say it, and I am really liberal, but I think that porn itself, as long as it's managed in a way where we're viewing things that, let's say, aren't really against the submission of women. Let me put it out there. That's a big Uh, part of it if we're not going to allow younger people and let's be honest, we're talking about young people who are going through their hormonal stages are seeking to see that kind of information if we aren't allowing them that opportunity, then we're kind of stopping them being part of what is real in our society, it's everywhere and also, I have a bit of a thing about young people being brought up with a sense of shame I mean, I really do, um, I think that sex education is massively powerful in protecting kids I really mean that, the more that you educate and inform, the less Problematic behaviours will become. I really feel that that is evidenced in research. So for me, banning porn and saying that you've got to firstly acknowledge who you are if you're watching it, secondly, maybe put a credit card to evidence is you, it kind of means that you're saying a really important message to young people. You make it is... shameful,
2: in essence, yeah. Right! You? you make it shameful.
3: And you know what that means. Right, you know, you and I, do. both in the field, yeah. we know Most what... Most of
2: what we do, actually, is trying to undo shame, right. isn't
3: it?
1: Exactly. But uh, there will be the concerned parents out there that said, I don't want my nine-year-old to be looking at porn, which they cannot, in any shape or form, really understand what is going on. They're getting an unrealistic view of what sex is. There is that argument, isn't there? Let
2: me throw in... Before we go on, some statistics mm. Mm. which I read a week ago. And um, they were, I thought they were quite remarkable. See, these were statistics done by the Children's Commission, I think, in conjunction with the NSPCC, I think. But they estimate about 94% of 11 to 14, 16 year old boys are watching porn, all right? I think a third of those have seen porn before the age of 11, all right? That's really quite young, isn't it? Really? They say quite. only three percent of boys have never seen porn, and I suspect half of those were lying when they filled in their questionnaire. <laughs> um, and those are quite startling figures, don't you think? Ninety-four percent of boys have seen porn by fourteen.
1: But is it is it because we're having this moral like? <gasps> Internet, internet and all this. But weren't boys in the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, uh, just going and getting their dad's porn magazines or all looking at porn in some other way? I mean, like, sorry, that takes it away a little bit from that. So I I would have thought that we've got more access now. So that's probably why those figures are so high. But I would have thought that the interest or the fascination by it has always been there. It's just that now that you can have those startling figures because we all have phones, we all have devices, we can see it. it's much more available. However, the one thing that I was talking to you earlier about is that that I find the way that the government are thinking about doing this porn challenge or trying to... The actual nitty-gritty of how they're going to um, look and stop people from seeing porn, I don't think they've thought it out at all very well. And what scares me is that actually what they're going to do is by... Getting everybody to make it shameful. Yeah, they're going to push it quite underground. And mm. what scares me is if you aren't, if you're pushing it further underground, and let it is a bit of a wild west out there. Aren't you then giving kids a sort of like doorway into the dark net, into I, stuff like that could be
3: quite yeah. I can horrific. see that thought. I mean, for me, I'll be really honest. I think that you are never going to stop young people finding porn. Never. Never. If you don't get it on the porn sites and the big ones that are out there we all know about, you will find it on videos, you'll find it sent between friends, You all of that. Look, they're going to see it if they want to see it. Bigger question is, how do we inform and educate mm. and protect kids? That's through talking to them from the earliest age possible, helping them to navigate the pornography industry. I've got a 14-year-old boy and a 16-year-old boy. Since they were Primary school, probably seven, eight, nine, I started having conversations with them about pornography. They both know now as teenagers, and I'm sure they have a healthy appetite for that kind of material, what to and what to ideally think about not looking at, And the reasoning behind that is, I don't want them to find it hard to get hard on. It's as simple as that. So I don't want them to struggle because they've been looking at really submissive, aggressive, violent pornography. And then guess what? They find out that the girlfriend's really not into that. So I want them to understand the impact it can have on their physiology. So when they're making those informed choices and not thinking about it from a position of fear or that there's anything shameful, it's more. I want to perform really well when I get a girlfriend I'm going to have sex with. I want to make sure that the way that I engage with her is a turn on. I want to look forward to that. And because of that, the conversations that we have with each other are very open in that respect exactly the same as sexuality you know when they were growing up i used to talk to them about gender i used to talk to them about sexuality and the whole spectrum because of that they understand what they feel at the moment is heterosexual sexuality at the moment but they also know that there is no shame should they decide at some point that actually they're either bisexual or maybe they actually are homosexual that's where it begins really early on removing shame educating inspiring and saying this is all out there i'm not gonna lie same as with drugs. Right. Your choices will impact on you positively or negatively. So you make them. That's what we should be doing with kids, in my opinion.
2: I was talking at a teacher's conference, big one of the an, big annual teacher's conference. I was talking to them about the new, we'll call it sex ed syllabus. It's got mm-hmm. a new fancy name now, yeah. but I'm old fashioned and call it sex ed. Um, and I said there were a load of journalists actually there, which I knew, but hadn't quite realised the impact that these journalists would soon have and i said to them you know i think it's very important that you teach children about and show them examples of porn now there were caveats but of course it caused it was sort of every single tabloid went ballistic and the outcry about this terrible thing that i'd said um you know it was despicable disgraceful what sort of a pervert are you wanting to show kids porn you know um i was i was genuinely gobsmacked i was not expecting it and I think it's really, really important that kids see it because I, I'll tell you... I'm sorry. i no, 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 I cause And I'll tell you why I believe it's so strongly because in clinic I do a lot of psychosexual medicine, so I have real-life cases, and most of them, somewhere down the line, porn is responsible for a large majority of the problems. So, you know, I have a lady at the moment who... She's 20-something now. Her first sexual experience with a boyfriend was at 14 and they had anal sex because that's all they'd seen in porn and that's what they thought we did, which left her with quite... Severe injuries. Another girl who is still at school going through now a whole horrendous court process, massively depressed because her boyfriend, when they decided first to do something and she gave him a blowjob, basically grabbed her by the back of the head, forced her down, and choked her on his Willy. And it was an extremely because that's what he'd seen in porn, yeah, and face That's abuse. what he thought Ooh. she wanted and she'd liked. And it's just the whole thing is really messed up. So, how can you tell kids that? And explain that it's not real or right, you know, and I'm not saying show them hardcore scenes, show them Mm. little clips and edited versions and things so they can understand. What do you think?
1: I'm wondering what age are you suggesting this?
2: Um, Well, sort of the age from which you start sex education, but not the sort of... You I I mean I, I advocate sex education from a very, very young age. Me too. Not the full-on mechanics, but yeah. the idea of You're, relationships yeah, totally. friends, consent, you know, yeah. not touching people if they don't want it, that sort of thing. But probably the age where you then start to get a little bit more into the details of, of that. Um, what what age age is that? that?
3: I mean, I think at high school, without a doubt, we need to be talking to them about that, without a doubt. But the thing is, you see, that's the irony because what people do is they create this idea of somehow between primary and secondary the child has developed, but there's only been about five, six, seven weeks. It's been a summer holiday. So actually, what are we saying? We're saying that we moralise. And what Dr Christian just said a moment ago is what I think is really upsetting, that when somebody speaks out honestly, courageously, and puts themselves in the firing line to say, look, I have the interests of young people and their future happiness and sex lives right here and i just want to say that this would be a better way with my experience coming from you know clinic and care and what happens is you've just basically bastardized childhood and ruined kids lives and that... that takes away the poignancy of the importance which is look i work constantly with sexual abuse victims most of those got to an age where they were 15 or 16 before they realized that what dad was doing was unacceptable Nowadays, because of sex education... Those girls and boys, they would potentially be telling a teacher, this is happening to me at seven or eight. Mm. So when you're talking about porn, when you're talking about sex, when you're talking about, let's be honest, the spectrum of sexuality, the Kinsey scale, for example, you know, once upon a time, males were here, females were there, this was heterosexuality, that was it. Nowadays, we're teaching children that it's all right to be whoever they are. And the That's causing an outcry problem, too, right? <laughs> I am so upset with that. Bigots, the bigots out mm-hmm. there, the Esther McVays of this world, the danger that lurk in our society that actually stand there and preach that that child that five-year-old who's gay or trans or pan or anything isn't right isn't normal isn't acceptable and then we add to that. The complexities of shame in our society, the rejection of parents because people like Esther influence them, then we have a cooking pot of neuroses and pain. And that's what we're trying to prevent. we trying to say in sex education, this is the spectrum, you know, this is the world. It's all out there, guys. But just like we teach you about what foods are great and what foods you should maybe just have occasionally, that's the same with
1: sex. I'm with you on the sex education completely. The one thing that I'd like to just pick up on though was before you were talking about talking about porn with a younger child and... I, am I say, I'm guilty of this defined, no yet, no, I, I'm, so, uh, so, I, so I would say so
3: just for me personally first mm. of all I speak to parents about e-safety constantly mm-hmm. so cyber safety yeah. first off that's the most important yeah. you should as a parent know what your child's surfing. <laughs> and I have no patience with parents who haven't figured that forward the technology they have should be monitored you should be trying to get rid of the nasties so that they can't find it themselves because you should be the people introducing them to the understanding about sex and relationships how can you do that look there's loads of soft films out there there's loads of men and women in bed together having sex without seeing things you can introduce children and young people into sexual experiences and relationships without ruining their lives or making them afraid what you see with kids is when mum and dad start talking about the issues around sex and education they get embarrassed if you are embarrassed in front of your child if you're awkward they're going to pick that up straight away it feels weird if you bring it like the danes let's be honest like the swedes we all know in those countries i can still remember this is my poignant memory of the distinction between the Brits and, for example, the Germans. At 13, I went to Germany. The parents took me to a sauna. I had never seen a naked man. And let me tell you, I sat there in my red speedo outfit while they paraded around me without any fear at all. And you know what? As a child, I was horrified. As an adult, I look back and think, what is wrong with our culture? That you think nakedness is wrong or that you're ashamed of your body. So for me, I think I've really grown, particularly working with groups of individuals who've been horribly abused and trying to help them reclaim, I suppose, their sexual behaviour, their understanding of who has a right to go near them. And in the same tandem, be a mother, wanting my boys to be great in bed. I want my boys to have fantastic sexual relations. I want them to be thrilled. I want them to be experimental. I want them to come home and tell me, not because I'm some weird voyeur. (laughs) You know, and that's the thing, isn't it? What will happen is somebody will listen to this and they'll say, what is wrong with her? But actually, there is nothing wrong with me. I'm advocating that my children should be allowed to enjoy their sexual lives. But that comes often from having an older mentor saying, what worked, what didn't work? Mm-hmm. Are you worried about any of those
2: things? Exactly.
1: You know, that's how we learn. What was grow. it you
2: were going to say? You were talking about?
1: Well, no, it was just interesting because I think this weekend there was, um, oh, uh, I think me and my partner said something uh, uh like oh are they they surfing porn or something like that and one of the kids heard and went what's porn and then I immediately (laughs) went corn we're talking about corn (laughs) and so your kids are quite a bit younger. they're um... quite young but I I do know that I need I I do need to have that conversation but then you think am I going to be the first parent to have the conversation in our like school in that year group, and therefore, are other parents going to suddenly go, judge well, judge me, or yeah. are they going to suddenly go, don't play with Jack? Send them on to the den of because... iniquity with her. Yeah, or, or Jack's <laughs> that's suddenly going to go. I my eldest is going to suddenly look up and go, right, porn and put it in he the will, search he engine. Will, he will. I'm sure he will, exactly but will then. If the he's it's... a bright it, and inquisitive is. kid. But I find that a real push pull. In... Well, listen,
2: the way I try and persuade people is I say, this very simply, I say an uninformed child is a vulnerable child.
1: That's exactly it.
2: That's what I say.
3: I completely concur. I completely concur. The educated, informed child is a safer child than mm. any other. And if we want to have kids that grow into healthy humans who know what's right and wrong, who, let's say, for example, I was stood with a mother not so long ago. She'd come round to my house. She's not really a close friend, so she doesn't really know me and my conversations. <laughs> and my boy was going, he's just 16, and he was off out to a party. And before he left, I said, rules, and he just went, if any girl's really, really drunk and she's going off with somebody, make sure that she doesn't because that's not going to be legal, it'll be considered potential rape. If I get into a situation with a girl, make sure that she explicitly says yes if I'm going to have sex and that she's not under the influence. And if anybody is taking pictures of any other girl or boy in any kind of nudity, tell them it's an illegal offence and that can sign the sex offenders register. And she looked at me like the world had gone mad. And she just went... I need to speak to my boys. Yeah. And the truth is that that's what kids need to know. I'm not saying my boys are perfect. They won't be. But at least they know their choices. And also, if they fail in those choices, then it's on them.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: So, I mean, one thing I wanted to get on to, and I, I think, you know, there were a few things that I had in mind. I want to sort of give a bit of advice for parents on how we broach this awkward subject yeah. of starting to talk about sex with your kids. Um, but also, you know, right on that subject there, I am, um, you know, there is, there's this issue, I think. And this is so, you know, a child is defined as someone until they're 18 put it very simply. Right, yeah. All right. That's Children's the act, definition yeah. of a child. The age of criminal responsibility in this country is 10. However, yeah. 10. That, to me, is extremely young. Yeah, But you I can agree. be, you know, you can have made a decision where you are criminally responsible for your act from 10 onwards. You can't have sex, however, until you're 16.
3: We are a confused lot in the UK, aren't we?
2: We are very confused. And yeah. then there's the whole issue of sexting, which...
3: You can have sex at 16 but don't take pictures and send them to each other because then it will be illegal.
2: If you're 17 and send each other pictures yeah. of your bits, that would be illegal and you can end up on...
3: Sex offenders register. A
2: sex offenders register. How yeah. did any of that make any sense at all? No, it's
3: not. Does it? The thing about the law... and you know because of your medical and we'll all have experienced this kind of stuff, is that it's meant to be something that advises. It's not absolute. Even though it seems to be, you're meant to be able to be discerning. So, for example, I think that the majority of people in the UK would find an 18-year-old boy, man, stroke, yeah. being sent to prison because he'd had sex with his 15-year-old consenting girlfriend who'd been in a relationship for a year, what they would consider potentially an overwhelming repercussion. It does happen, but most of us would say, hang on, we remember when we were 15 and we were hanging out with 18-year-olds and they were kind of just the same. They were just kind of the same age. Put into the bracket, a 30-year-old and a 14, 15-year-old we we're in a different territory because there's an understanding of the adult and a child cannot consent to some degree. That's the belief system. But an adult at 30 can definitely know what they're doing. They're not stupid. They don't live in a cave. They know the law. But I do think that when it comes down to what you were saying, the confusing experience of, well, I can get married at 16, but I can't, if my parents consent, but I can't send a picture of my boobs to my partner who's also 16, We're now sex offenders. Yeah. That's where discrimination in the law, and it works to a point, lots of legal cases have been brought where paedophiles have actually coerced pictures out of very young girls and boys, and then the girls and boys have been looked at maybe having to be put on the sex offenders register. And sometimes judges have shown discernment, which is how can you possibly be in criminal at that age doing anything under coercion? But let's be honest, we've all met the odd judge, haven't we, who doesn't like to believe that there is discrimination. And that confusion in our society about what is a child, what is an adult. I think that we've never really had that dialogue and confirmed it. Like you said, you know, I do not believe a child is criminally responsible at 10. Let me put myself on the line there. And I know I'll get a lot of negativity because of the cases that we're talking about regarding that, right? But we can't have this mix because kids are standing there going, what on earth are we meant to know? What on earth are we meant to do? And I think that particularly when it comes down to sex we still have this idea about sex being bad or good, about sex being wrong or right. Mm. And really, we need to have a better conversation about, you know, sex is wonderful. Uh. If you are in a great situation, no matter what you fancy, you know, I don't care if you want a swing, if you want SM, if you fancy a bit of this, that and the other, as long as there's a respectful, consenting relationship and you get joy from it, then it's on you to make those decisions. But because we've almost created a shame and darkness... When people exist within that shame and darkness, there is also a parallel in young people, which is, I should be ashamed, and it is a bit dark because people tell me it's wrong. And until you bring all of that into the light and say to children and young people, sex is completely fantastic, you should definitely want to have it. You know, masturbation's brilliant, by the way. By the way, mum, it wasn't okay at 14 to tell me that I had damaged myself. (laughs) I masturbating because that wasted a few years of my life yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie and, and my
2: eyesight's still fine
3: very glad to read in the then Just Seventeen magazine <laughs> that apparently it was healthy and I made up for it yeah, so yeah. relent with that one but the point is you know those conversations I mean yeah. and my uncle's gay when I was I'm really blessed for this and I mean this when I was 10 years old my uncle used to spend half the time at my grandma's and half the time with his partner well, now husband Mike Long story short, I'm very nosy. Hence why I went into the trade I'm in now. Just love listening to people tell me their journeys. And I went in his drawer and I found pornography and it was male to male pornography. And I was Uh, just coming up to him. I took that pornography and I went home with it and I went, mum, is Uncle Derek (laughs) gay?" And it was brilliant because it did two things. One, I really understood that, the diversity was in my family, but two, it meant that we had the conversations in the world where my uncle was suddenly brought back into the site. He didn't have to pretend that Mike was his Mm. friend, right? The way that we communicate with kids is the way that they learn and identify with the world. And I want kids of today in a world where we have Donald Trump and all those other issues going on, the red redneck ideas and attitudes. I want us to bring really healthy, happy attitudes to young people because they
1: are going to save us. Our young people are going to save us. But you said at the beginning that you think we are living in a much more progressive time where we can be much more accepting. I mean, you are talking about those horrible, where you, when you do hear the rednecks argument or yeah. you listen to Esther McVeigh or all those things. But at the fundamental thing is that we are much more like uh, happier with accepting anybody of any creed, do you not think that's the case? Or are you scared that this liberalism as such in inverted commas is slipping away from us I think that young people will refuse entirely to allow that to
3: happen the irony is for me I look at my teenage boys I look at their friends the diversity of their friendship groups you know and I consistently feel hope that's it and my kids go to a state school really ordinary socioeconomic environment all different colours all different ethnicity and belief systems and creeds and they are managing the world in a much better way than we are and they don't see the same issues you know my 14 year old lad's friend has come out as bisexual another one of his friends has come out as pan and they are just having these conversations i'm not saying that in every area in the uk let's be honest that won't be happening but certainly in where i come from it's happening and i just think that the pushback from the right wing which is what we're talking about is about the fact that fear will always create intolerance
2: it's putting feelings over facts which is what's you know, this sort of middle England I'm gonna get myself in trouble now. Let's no, stick no, to America. You're not, you're not, you're not but it's get what drunk, they do. Really? It, it's, yes, it's people instinctively uh, put feelings over yes. facts. You, know, you look up at the sky and you see the sun over the course of the day move across the sky. Therefore, of course, the sun must be going around the earth. But that's not the case, as we now know. Yes. It seems so obvious, you know. We're vaccinating lots and lots of children, you know, every day, and we're seeing lots of autism. So the two must be connected, but it's not as simple as that, you know. And I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit, you know, to, about this. How do we raise this subject of talking to our kids? And and I want to talk about it in the context of this is that not doing so, and and again, what I spend a lot of time in clinic doing is bad or no sex education and not teaching kids about porn, and so they see something that does actually uh, concern turn them, them yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. turn them on, and yeah. then they feel it sets up a lifetime of problems. It's not just a temporary, a temporary um, distress. It's It can be a lifetime of premature ejaculation, very, very dysfunctional relationships. Totally. Uh, even criminality. Totally. You know, really, really problematic.
3: But... I think that if you think about that context of when we always, and I think we always, when we're talking about sex and trying to break free from the chains of shame, because I think that that is what underpins it. When you start talking really early to children about sex and how it's a great thing, as long as it's in the right context and it's respectful and it's about relationships and it's about however you feel about another human being that's loving you kind of start talking about a language of love that firstly doesn't feel scary but most importantly is in context, when they start to experience wanting to ask for what they really want. Because what happens, and you work in psychosexual work, and I have worked in that area myself, and wanted because of sexual trauma has a massive impact on particularly women being able to orgasm. Because having the freedom to let yourself and relinquish control is quite hard to orgasm anyway. You know, I need a good 15 minutes with respect and not intercourse for any guys wondering what that meant. If you have to worry about lasting that long, it's not your penis that's required. What I'm saying is that a lot of women struggle with that and helping them to start owning their bodies is a big part of it. And also getting rid of the dirty versus loving. So if you've been abused, your physical feelings felt good. It felt good, right? But you hated it. So you've got now a link between disgust and pleasure. And that needs to be really broken down. So for me, one of the things in great relationships, forget the traumatic ones, is you need to teach young women and young men to enjoy their bodies. So if I enjoy my body and I'm not afraid of my body, then when I meet the person that I want to have sex with, I'm like, hey, I really like it when you do this. I really want you to try that. Now, I'm not going to fake my orgasm. And you know and I know that women in particular, they perform early. So girls will get into situations where they have sex with boys or where they have sex with girls and they think, I've got to do it like in porn, like the big, dramatic Harry Met Sally. So they learn to get into a bad habit of pretending. The guy or the girl who's doing it thinks, man, I am so good at this. They learn bad habits because really they're not making that person orgasm. So helping you get to terms with that body and going, you know what, this is what makes me come. Is a massively helpful thing. And it might be that, you know, you turn up at 17-year-olds to your new boyfriend and you've got a vibrator with you because you know that that's going to give you a surefire orgasm and Mm -hmm. it's going to help him to understand that it's okay to bring machinery and tools in. And I think that when you talk early on about owning your body and owning your sexuality, whatever that is, enjoying and having the pleasure of adult play, because that's what it is, it's the best play you'll ever have as an adult. I mean, I think sex is something that everybody should have as often as possible. You know, I live that, I preach that, I act that. It's as simple as that. I have a very happy husband, and it's because I enjoy Or a very tired husband. (laughs) He's very happy. I'm tired.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So have you talked to your... I mean, I don't want to talk about your family, and you must tell me if you don't want to talk, talk about family, but... Um, particularly, but have you talked to your kids? Have you started? Are you yeah, dreading it? Are you, We have.
1: We definitely have. You
2: have. have you got no, a plan? Who does don't. it? It's
1: sort of like... Have you said, sort of like you do it's, it. has been, been extremely casual. Yeah. It's been sort of like a question's been raised. You mean and always then it's been in the background? It's, it's just, if a question's raised, then it gets talked about. And I've done some blindingly horrific... Explanations on things where I've had looked at my other half and he's just pissing himself because he's like that went down well, that really explained it. And yeah, I have used oh you know I've done the classics, but no, I think we've always talked about it and we're very open about you know it's okay to be gay, it's okay you know all that kind of sexuality. I think we have actually had chats with with the older two.
2: I mean, if social media is a barometer of anything, and I think it sort of is, you know, when I'm. Fighting away with all these people on Twitter Who are telling me I'm a terrible, terrible person It's always older people The younger people When you're talking about trans issues You know, I get women of a certain age Being absolutely, really quite nasty um, And about trans things Young people just don't care They just, not that they're unopinionated they just don't care. It, everything is fine, you know. Everything goes, and I agree that, with that you. I think is very encouraging to answer the, you know, the Trump's problem of the world. If I just don't think young people are really. I don't buy think it. they're. I don't yeah. think
1: they're by it. I think that's exactly right. I'm right. hoping so. Can I talk again? Can I get back onto porn again? Yeah. Um, God, she's obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. But, <laughs> When you think about porn, I do think that it's very much aimed at men. I agree
2: totally. They're the biggest consumers.
1: Yeah, I agree. But far. why are they the biggest consumers? Every I don't know. Do you think women actually probably do consume porn, but they don't actually? I would, they I do, do but talk I think a different
2: type. It? But your yeah. sexual response as the man in the room and my sexual response is very different. So I can. I'm not bragging, but I can do it. Right now, you it, need a little bit of time. Is
1: this because that old theory that men, it's much more visual, women need a bit more emotion or something like that? is it is there is there I something think it's just to, to do that? with the
2: sexual response, the, yeah. the, the the speed at which things take time to happen, you know, so,
1: what getting hard on?
2: Well, it's a bit more than that, but yeah, in a nutshell. But also, you know, your sexual response is, uh, you you expect you better do it better (laughs) than me because I'm going to embarrass myself. If
3: I I watch porn, which is something I do very occasionally... I kind of usually feel a bit bored. I'll be really honest with mm. you. I don't like watching women who be really submissive, for example. I find that kind of a struggle. I don't like any of the kind of really aggressive and hostile way. I think the idea that a woman is really enjoying herself is really important if I'm going to watch something. I want to see her really enjoying it. And I want it to be more, not loving to the context where it's too OTT in Hollywood, but loving as in you're both enjoying this. And I think that that's why a lot of you ethical... You don't see that
0: very often in Not porn. very <laughs>
3: often. And actually there's ethical porn and that's always a contentious issue. So I've written for Killing Kittens. Um, that's Emma Sales' company. And she wanted to really bring sex and be, women being empowered with sex into mainstream. It was as simple as that. So she feels that women need to be able to lead that area and dominate it. So Killing Kittens was set up to do that. And whilst I will be really honest, Why I'm is not... is it
2: Killing kitten?
3: Because in, the French word is basically it's every time a woman orgasms, a kitten dies. That was the way that they used to stop children from masturbating. Oh Oh my. So she used that to own it.
1: Is that only women? that that was the the thing
3: that was I presume it was now they call it the pretty
2: more the little death the little death yeah (laughs) so
3: which is which is the whole thing so she kind of had that idea now I as much as I'm the most liberal person whatever you want to do I'm not a member of Killing Kittens in that context I've been there to do more of the mainstream stuff but what's amazing is like her user groups are like 70% female led so it's women who are asking for this kind of liberalism empowerment being able to maybe step outside and have even if they're in heterosexual relationships relationships with women as well you know just night where they can enjoy themselves or to find out more through Curious Kittens. So that's been a real eye-opener for me because I suppose when I think about porn and when I think about swinging, let's say, and I went and did some research around swinging, I interviewed people and I always came away feeling a little bit like this is men really getting the best of what they want. Whereas when I've spoken to the members of Killing Kittens, it's women who are really leading it. So I do think there's a massive progression and women are a lot less ready to feel ashamed about their needs but I think pornography has a long way to go I know that there are some American people who are very female focused they're doing a thing called ethical porn which is all about the woman being the dominant I don't mean domination negative I mean dominant in their needs being met Mm. I still stand by the fact though that I think women use fantasy a lot more in their mind Mm -hmm. and sometimes watching porn can be a distraction to that fantasy whereas a man will often just look at it and watch it and just because it's very much about getting to that orgasm it's quite quick for them sometimes they get the bit that they need and they use that and that's the way it goes. So In fact, that they fast explain... forward the whole
2: boring story right. bit. Right. Get me straight, <laughs> to, the so told, like. get straight yeah. to the bit that I like. And that they want, But know? that
1: would explain 30 Shades of Grey, wouldn't it? Well, 50 Shades 50, of Grey is 50, isn't, 50 isn't not 30. You sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> wouldn't give me the full it, 50. <laughs> but it horrifies
3: me. It horrifies me that 50 Shades of Grey did so well. Because what does that mean? How vanilla are we? That. I've never read it. Ticillates I thought it was I not watched very it. Vanilla. I didn't read it. Not vanilla. It's vanilla. It's, oh, is
2: it? I've not read it. I thought no, It was all some bloke getting a woman. Oh, me.
3: it's a bit of this and that, but really, it's really boring. It was horrific. Oh, it's I'm really with you. boring. But
1: that obviously was speaking yeah. to a lot of people, it wasn't it? And I don't to think up it was our game.
3: We need to up our game and start enjoying our bodies a bit more because that told me that if that is something that's making you go ooh, you've really not done. A lot of the ah, oh, which is what you need to do. Maybe we should look
2: at why so many women were going. Ooh. You know, because um,
1: we're not. <laughs> it was like a monkey. Yeah, I was
2: on like, a, what no, was, was that? She's giving me. It's
1: just not sexy in any no, shape or form, Christian. I, I, oh, bless you. you, you. Know,
2: can we make it clear? I'm not very experienced with women and the noises they make. Let's just be it. honest about that. All right.
1: It's definitely not chimp, chimp noises. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I apologise to all women everywhere in that case. But I wonder, you know, the, the ethical porn that's been made. Will anyone actually watch it? Well, if it's men thing. who are the yeah. biggest consumers. Yeah. Where are we going to go with that?
3: Hopefully, though, if women can make porn that men watch that are all about women really enjoying sex and really being respected as main equal players in it, then that will pull down to the men who watch it and our boys who grow into it. I hope that that will be a shift because I would like to see the very serious, aggressive, abusive porn kind of regulated because I don't think that's healthy.
2: Okay, quick summary then, I think, is don't be afraid to talk to your kids, actually, about anything. Make sure your kids know that they can come to you and ask you at absolutely anything and that's okay there's no shame in that i think porn they will see it if you think your kids aren't watching porn you're being very very naive they will an uninformed child is a vulnerable child so always keep that in your head well that's all we've got time for for second opinion thank you alex massively massively emma also thank you a huge amount for coming and being so open and honest and teaching me lots of things well especially alex actually that it's not it's not (laughs) 30 shades it's 50 shades (laughs) Um, and
1: women don't necessarily (laughs) (laughs) go
2: and that women don't go, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's what I've taken away from today. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us by emailing surgery at podcastworks.com or you can give me a message on Twitter, Dr. Christian. If you've liked what you've heard, give us five stars. If you haven't liked what you've heard, give us five stars anyway and subscribe. (laughs) Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
0: Normally being a little extra can be a bit much.